Tonight's reading is from Luke 7, verses 18 to 35. Jesus and John the Baptist John's disciples told him about all these things. Calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? When the man came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to you to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, illnesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear and the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. After John's messengers left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind. If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No. Those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxury are in palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. I will send my messenger ahead of you, we will, who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. All the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words, acknowledged that God's way was right because they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and the experts in the law rejected God's purpose for themselves because they had not been baptized by John. Jesus went on to say, To what then can I compare the peoples of this generation? What are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling out to each other, We played the pipe for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not cry. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say, Here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by all her children. Amazing. Thank you, Julianne. Uh, my name's Stephen. I'm the youth minister here at Bishop Harrington Church. Great to have you with us. And, well, let me tell you about Christmas 1997. Back in 1997, there was only one thing on my Christmas list. Action Man Ninja Superbike. I mean, just look.
look at that thing. Like the advert made it look oh, just out of this world. That The bike was zooming around super fast, firing its missiles, taking down Dr. X. Like, whoa! That was top dog on my list. And so... Imagine the scene, young, cute-looking Stephen, uh, there at Christmas Day, presents in front of him, opening away, and what's there in front of me? A pair of woolly socks, no, 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 action man ninja superbike! The, 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 the blue ninja mask, the red bike, the missiles. <gasps> but, action man ninja superbike, disappointing. To be honest, he was, he was a bit of a letdown. Like, like, the bike, I had to make it myself, and then it didn't really go at all. You had to push it around yourself. Like, what's that? And then the missiles, they sort of flopped rather than flew 50 metres. Letdown. Disappointed by Action Man. <laughs> and uh, Luke 7 is it, full of disappointment. People disappointed and let down. It breaks up into three kind of mini scenes. So we've got uh, verses 18 to, to 23. That's John the Baptist let down by Jesus. Verses 24 to, to 30. That's like um, the crowd let down by John the Baptist. And then verses 31 to 35. That's the crowd let down by Jesus. And actually, people let down by Jesus. That shouldn't massively surprise us. Like, like, I mean, we've been reading Luke's gospel. And Luke 1 through 9 is basically filled with ignorance. Like, like no human being gets who Jesus is. Like, like demons know, angels know, but, but humans are like, what? Who is this man? Like over and over again that question's asked. And here, Luke 7, not even John the Baptist knows who Jesus is. And so we're going to be like a, a zooming in, focusing on verses 18 to 23, looking at, at John the Baptist and Jesus the Messiah. And Messiah is a fancy Bible word. It basically means God's long promised special king, his chosen rescuer. And see, for John, Jesus was not the Messiah he expected. And for us, Jesus, he may not be the Messiah we expect either. And like, we first met John, or last saw John in Luke chapter 3. And John was going around. He was going around preaching about the Messiah. He was going around preaching about the Messiah, talking about the Messiah coming with fire and judgment and power. That's a feisty message. And, and this kind of like no holds barred style, it got him in trouble. If you get your Bibles open to Luke 3 verse 19, look what happened. John rebuked Herod the Tetrarch. Oh no, he messes with the big dog. Because of his marriage to Herodias, his brother's wife, and all the other evil things he had done, Herod locked John up in prison. So by the time we get to Luke 7, John's been stewing, rotting in prison. Isolation, quarantine, lockdown. Only, his isn't like some plush hotel in Australia, like the tennis stars are getting. Right? He's in Herod's cell. This is rough. You don't escape from there. 
And whereas we've had like our little Nintendo Switches, like our dogs to play with, our books to read, like our fancy walks to go on, our sourdough to make, yep, hove. Uh, uh, like, like John the Baptist had none of those things. In lockdown, he's there on his own in prison with his thoughts. And you can imagine the thoughts going round his head, can't you? Like, I'm the warm-up act to the Messiah. How can my suffering be part of the Messiah's plan? And like, we know that John was getting like information from the streets. His disciples were like coming and bringing him news. That's what's happening in Luke 7, verse 18. Have a little look with me. Verse 18, uh, John's disciples uh, told him about all these things. That his eyes and ears on Jesus, like his little spies, bringing him news, telling him all the latest goss. And these things, well, that's what's just happened in Luke 7. So they go to John and they're like, hey, John. It is crazy out there. This Jesus guy, like a centurion servant, um, ill, close to death. He, he didn't even go and touch him or see him and suddenly they're back to life like, wow. But that's not the best thing, John. Get this, big funeral, crazy big. And Jesus crashes the funeral. He walks up, touches the beer and boom, the boy's alive again. Like, What? And you can picture John just going, yeah, amazing. And when's Jesus coming here? When's he kicking my door down? When's he bringing fire and burning Herod to a crisp? Where's the judgment? Where's the fire? Um, John, there's none of that. He's bringing peace and healing and preaching to the poor. Oh. Jesus is not the Messiah we expect. John expects a Messiah coming with fire and judgment and power, a Messiah to kick down his prison door. And Jesus is bringing peace and healing and preaching good news. And in that darkness, you can see those questions swirling round John's head. He's starting to doubt, Jesus, are you really the Messiah? In fact, that's verse 19. Have a little look with me. He calls two of his disciples to him. And he sent them to the Lord to ask, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? He's like, Jesus, I've got to know. Are you it? Are you the Messiah? And there's something very primary school about this. In fact, I reckon this is where the first primary school note came from. You know, Uh, uh, Stacey, you go and tell Robert that my friend Linda fancies his friend Colin. Then come back and tell me, oh, you see it? Um, John's like, hey, take this message to Jesus and bring it back to me. Let me know what he says. (laughs) Maybe not. But, but, But John's starting to doubt, isn't he? He's starting to question. And this is, this is a little bit like of a head-scratcher for us. I mean, think what we looked at last week. Jesus, he raised a boy from the dead. Like, not many people can do that. The Lord over death, and, Don, and John's doubting? <laughs> and besides, this is John the Baptist. Whoa. Um, Elisa Childers, she said, if there's any biblical figure who should have no reason to doubt, it's John the Baptist. This is the man who baptized the Son of God, uh, witnessed the Holy Spirit descending like a dove, and heard the audible voice of God. (laughs) Man, isn't she right? Like John's faith should be rock solid. 
He's even related to Jesus. <laughs> and yet he's doubting. Because his present situation, his overwhelming pain and suffering doesn't match up to his expectations of the Messiah. It's action man 97 all over again. Because Jesus is not the Messiah that we expect. And maybe we can relate to that. Maybe our present circumstances or situation, well, it doesn't match up to what we thought Jesus was going to be like. Like um, the university offer isn't quite what we were hoping for. Or, or the news on the telephone from the hospital is so much worse than we ever dreamed. Or the relationship is just so much more twisted and toxic than we could, we could realize. And we're like, man, is this it? Is this what following Jesus is like? I mean, scrolling for your phone and looking at the socials, that, that can be enough for anyone to start doubting, can't it? COVID crippling the world. Hospitals kind of bursting at the seams. Political coups. Race atrocities. This deep horror and sadness in people. And that's just from this past week, right? And we're asking, is this it? Are you the one, Jesus? And doubts start to roll in. Is that your story? It has been my story over the past year and a bit. Tonight we're going to see three don'ts to help us in our doubts. Right? Two now and one back into the sermon. Um, here's the first one. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. When you're following Jesus, don't be surprised when doubts come along. John Bloom, he said, the fight of faith is hard. Doubt, in whatever form, is part of the hard fight. Don't be surprised when doubts come. See, doubters were in great company. John the Baptist. And I mean, look what Jesus says about John the Baptist. John the Baptist, who, who, who doubts, who questions, who gets things wrong. Verse 28, have a look what Jesus says. I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. Oh, that is a glowing recommendation. Like, imagine if that was on your CV. The second person of the Trinity, he says, there ain't no one greater than me. That would open some serious employment doors, right? And yet, look at Luke 7. Jesus says that after John's doubts, after he gets things wrong. I love this. John's doubts don't disqualify or discredit him in any way. Like, isn't that wonderful? Even the strongest of saints will go through periods of feeling let down by Jesus. It's okay to doubt. Don't be surprised when they come. But also, um, don't be silent. Like John, he reaches out. He reaches out to Jesus. He reaches out to his friends. He talks about it. What a great model for us. When doubts start coming, don't be silent. Like, talk to God. And be real and open with him. Uh, And maybe you haven't done that before. Well, why not pause the video right now? And just tell God how you feel. Don't be British. Don't, like, cover it up. Like, tell him honestly, really, properly. Don't be silent. And also... Text someone, like drop them a little WhatsApp. And again, that's quite like hard for us British people who like to kind of be reserved and stuff. But, but, but be open, be honest, tell them. 
Let them in and let them help you and encourage you. See, doubts will come. Don't be surprised. Don't be silent. But back to John. Have a look at um, what happens. So these two disciples, they head off over to Jesus. And I love picturing this little scene. They're like on their way over to Jesus going, you're going to tell him, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to tell him. No, 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 you tell him. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Mr. Jesus, sir. <laughs> now, this isn't what we think, Jesus. No, 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 no. We're all behind you, 100% of the way. But, verse 20, John the Baptist sent us to ask you, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Again, not what we think, Jesus. That's John. <laughs> and do you notice what, John, what Luke doesn't say Jesus said? He doesn't say Jesus turned round and yelled at them, get out of my sight, you doubters. No. That's not Jesus. He's dripping with kindness, compassion and love. Look how he answers verse 21. At that time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. These disciples are there watching Jesus display his incredible, awesome, messianic power. And then Jesus speaks. Verse 22. Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. Actually, pause there for a minute. Like, Doesn't this show how powerful like, our testimony can be? Actually, let's start doing more of that, kind of going back and sharing with others how God's helped us through difficult and hard times. In small groups, make time for that. That's why it was great last week to hear from Matt Weir and, and his family about their experience in lockdown. Like, that's great. Have those conversations. Testimony is so powerful. But have a look again, verse 22. Go back, report to John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. They get this awesome, breathtaking view of Jesus. But there's more going on than we first see. See, Jesus here, he's creating a collage. Do you remember collaging in, in primary school? Again, primary school. Uh, so much fun. You get like a big old magazine and, and you kind of like, like tear little pieces up and stick them together to make a brand new incredible picture. And it's like, wow, look at that. Oh, memories. Actually, Lizzie. Tomorrow, collaging. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but like, collaging is so much fun. And that's what Jesus is doing here in, in, in Luke 7. He's creating a, an Isaiah collage. He's piecing together loads of different prophecies from Isaiah talking about the Messiah. <laughs> like the, the, the shades of Isaiah 42, 26, uh, 61 and 35 in there, all poking through. And John would have recognized every single one of those references. John would have known. This is Jesus saying, hey, mate, mate, you got it right. I am the Messiah. I am he. Look at what I can do. I love this. God is so kind to us in our doubts. He gives John the exact evidence that he needs. And actually, we have that same evidence right here in the Bible. See, when those times of like shaky doubt and wobbles come, like go here, 
in this ever-changing world and ever-changing COVID climate come back to the never-changing word to see our never-changing Messiah. And actually, this is one of the beautiful things of daily Bible reading. Um, Every time we open the Bible, it's like Jesus is saying to us, this is who I am. This is me. Look at what I can do to soothe our doubts. So do read this daily. Get your teeth into it. But actually, in Jesus' beautiful collage, there's a big gaping hole. Did you notice it? Have a little look at verse 22. See, John would have noticed that something's missing. A bit like, a bit like, if I said to you, uh, snap, crackle. What's missing? Yeah, pop, Rice Krispie fans, woo! Um, or Strictly fans, here we go. Uh, Craig Motsi. Who's missing? Shirley, maybe? I'm not, not too sure, I'm not a big Strictly fan, but, but anyway. Um, oh, this one, everyone knows this one. Right? Uh, Tinky Winky, La La, Poe. Yeah. Dipsy, amazing. Like, like, we know that something's missing from those lists. Because we hear them over and over and over again. And John, hearing Luke 7, verse 22, would know there's a gaping big hole there. Can you spot it? Maybe flip back to Luke 4. Jesus quotes Isaiah 61. See if you can see what's missing. Jesus says nothing about freeing the prisoners about opening prison doors. This is a theme that comes up over and over and over again in Isaiah's portrait of the Messiah. And yet for Jesus, it's a glaring omission. He says nothing about breaking chains, opening doors, setting captives free. Uh, And who's he talking to? John the Baptist. In prison. This is Jesus saying to John, John, I am the Messiah, but I'm not here to kick down your door. I'm not going to do what you want. In fact, John, you're not going to make it. John, you're going to die in prison. Whoa. Jesus is not the Messiah we expect. When we follow Jesus, like things won't always make sense to us. I think we kind of have this, this deep down idea that all our prayers will be answered the way we want them to be answered. We think that Jesus will do exactly what we want him to do. We have this kind of idea deep down that when I follow Jesus, my life should be peaceful and comfortable and lovely. We may not say it out loud, but we kind of think it, this entitlement kind of thing. And so that when difficult times arise, we get angry and frustrated at God. God, how dare you do this to me? I mean, God's plan for John's life involved prison and beheading. Mike McKinley said, Jesus may deem it best for his power to be displayed in your weakness 
rather than in your strength. And that hurts. That's not fun. See, here's what we should expect. The prison doors will not always open. Horrendous illnesses will not always be cured. Marriages, uh, jobs, university offers, babies, they will not always come when we want them to come. Peace and comfort are not guaranteed here on this earth because Jesus, he's not the Messiah we expect. And in those times, we might well find ourselves going, what? Is this it? Have a look back at Luke 7, because there's one more thing that Jesus says to John. The last words that, that, that John hears from Jesus, and they're beautiful. Verse 23, Jesus says, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Here's our third don't. So when doubts come, don't be surprised, don't be silent, and don't be stumbling. <laughs> Had to do that. Um, don't be stumbling. Uh, Jesus is saying to John, John, come on. Come on, mate. Keep on going. Don't stumble. Don't fall. And look at the word that Jesus uses. Blessed. It's that same word from Luke 6, I'm on the plane, talking about the blessed life of the believer in the future. <laughs> Jesus is saying to John, look, following me, it may not always make sense, but it will always be worth it. And how do we know? How do we know this is true? Well, those miracles that Jesus does, those words he says, they're not just a glimpse of his messianic power. No, there's so much more. They're a taste of the future. It's a bit like in the Demetrio house. When Mother D was baking, it was a joyous treat. Oh my days. The smells so good. But the best time to be downstairs in the kitchen prowling around was when the cake was going into the oven. Because Mother Demetrio would then turn to you and say, Stephen, do you want to lick the bowl? Oh, like, like, like you get to stick your finger in the raw mixture. And sample that beautiful taste of what's to come. Oh man, that's good. A little sample of the beautiful stuff to come. And Jesus, in doing those miracles, in saying those words, is offering John the mixing bowl, saying, John, have a taste of what's to come. John, this is the future that awaits. This is who you get to spend forever with. And look what I can do. Verse 22. Sorry, still eating cake. Blind receive sight, lame walk, leprosy cleansed, the deaf hear, dead are raised, good news to the poor. And if that's that's a taste of the raw cookie dough, like I'm salivating at what the full-blown baked kingdom of God's going to taste like. Wow! No chaos. Yes. No COVID. Yes. No cancer. Yes. No death. Yes. No devil. Yes. No doubts. Yes. No darkness. Yes. 
because it's a future with the Messiah. With this Messiah, with Jesus, just perfect forever with him. So no, Jesus is not the Messiah that, 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 that we expect. But he is the Messiah that we desperately need. See, for John, the issue is timing. And often this is the same issue for us. See, all prison doors will be opened, just not yet. All horrendous injustices will be stopped, just not yet. All horrific illnesses will be eradicated, just not yet. All our deepest longings will be truly met in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ, just not yet. When we follow Jesus, things won't always make sense, but they will always be worth it. And how do we know ultimately? Well, we know because of the cross. See, Jesus, um, his life, he went down through the agony of the cross and up into glory. That's the life of every believer to follow. John the Baptist went down through the agony of prison, beheading into glory. And for you and I, we have no idea where that journey is going to take us. But we do know the destination. We do know where it ends. It ends with him in beautiful glory. So don't stumble. Don't stumble. He's not the Messiah we expect, but he is the Messiah we desperately need. So don't stumble. And if you're close, just stick your finger into Luke 7. Have a little taste of that mixture. Just a final word for those who maybe have turned their back on God and on Jesus because of your doubts. Maybe thinking, Jesus, you didn't pull through for me where I needed you most. Where were you when my gran got really, really sick? Where were you when the job offers just kept coming back? No, no, no. Jesus, where have you been during this COVID time? I want to lovingly say to you, Jesus won't always do what you want. He won't. But, but you can guarantee that he has done exactly what you most desperately need. He's gone to the cross. He's risen from the grave. He's ascended to the Father's side for you. Here's what um, Alistair Begg said. He said, Jesus is not a game. He didn't go through the cross to please you but to save you. His primary concern is your soul, not your comfort. See, us human beings, we're heading to everlasting destruction without him. And yet Jesus offers us life with him if we trust him. So it's not too late. If you turn your back on him, it's not too late to come. And do you see how he deals with doubters with love, compassion, kindness and grace? That's how he treats you too. So come back to enjoy a forever with him. Because no, he's not the Messiah we expect, but he is the Messiah we most desperately need. And because of that, doubts will come. Don't be surprised, don't be silent, but don't be stumbling. Taste our future. Let's pray. Father, thank you that here in Luke 7, we get 
not just a glimpse of the Messiah, but we get a taste of our future with him. And my, oh my, it's beautiful. Help us to keep on going. When those doubts come, when we feel like, like falling, Father, keep us walking and following Jesus. Amen.